0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by betting host and analyst at Wager Talk TV, Megan Payton. Megan talks about grit, work ethic, being fair, honest, and transparent as a reporter, what she loves about being a betting analyst, and so, so much more. She also shares her favorite New Orleans breakfast spot and what she's most excited about discovering in Denver. This one is really fun and special, so make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Megan, I am so excited to have you on Get My Job Day. I've just been so looking forward to talking to you. So welcome.
1: Thank you, Tracy. I've been a huge fan of everything that you do and the podcast that you've created. So super excited to be joining you today.
0: Well, thank you. I love that everybody is, everyone's happy to be here. It always makes for a nice podcast. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So let's jump in. And I always ask people in the beginning to start by just taking us through kind of your professional journey, how you got to where you are today, and then we'll dive in further from there.
1: Absolutely. So starting off, I guess, back to college, uh, which has been a few years now, we're not going to (laughs) time code it, but um, I remember kind of going through, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but a little bit of, uh, you know, a spot in life where you're thinking, all right, like people are picking majors. I'm a freshman in college at this point. I've decided on communications. I I think to myself, well, you know, do I want to get into sports? I don't know because That's what I've been kind of defined as throughout my childhood with my dad uh, being a coach in the NFL. So I thought, okay, I don't know if this is for me. Should I try to go down like the entertainment route, maybe try to be a host in that realm? Should I try to stay in journalism? It was kind of this moment of like not knowing what to do. I knew that I loved sports though. And I remember having an assignment early freshman year, and it was interview someone with a job that you aspired to have. Okay. And my dad helped me get in contact with Laura Oakman, who mm-hmm. is a Fox sideline reporter, also the creator of Galvanize, which uh, we can get into later, but essentially is and just a fantastic
0: job guest. She's amazing. Do-
1: Yeah, she's fantastic. And she is the reason why I am pursuing this career in sports reporting. And um, essentially, long story short, I interviewed her and the interview was probably supposed to be 30 minutes. And I think we ended up meeting for like three hours. And I was just picking her brain, talking to her and just her experience as a whole. And I remember her. Early on, kind of taking me under her wing and saying, "Look, I'm starting this program, Galvanize. It's helping women who are trying to get into the sports broadcasting industry. But we're going to talk through all of the the craziness of it and really find your passion and what you what motivates you, and kind of the whole nine yards." And I remember going to the first boot camp and thinking, "Wow, like I really love this. Like, and, and I'm not good at this right now, but I love this. And how can I become good at it?" And where am I going to fit in in this industry? She kind of helped me learn, like, hey, I can be in sports, and it can be separate from, you know, what my dad does in sports. And I really got excited about it. And my career path has changed over the years.
0: Bet online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the final four in the championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus betonline.ag where the game starts
1: i interned at bigger companies like nfl network fox and really got to learn a bunch behind the scenes while getting a couple of on-air experiences there then i left because one of the biggest advice pieces of advice that i got was hey you need to go out and get reps that if you're going to make a career in sports reporting sports broadcasting you got to get on-air time so i went and um Started off at a company called Chat Sports, and I was able to cover the Seahawks and the Steelers for a year there, which was great experience. Having to host a show and you know have reps multiple times a day really gets you good quick. I had some early opportunities to sideline in the NFL as like a, a preseason sideline reporter, which was fantastic. And kind of long story short, uh, in the last couple of years, I got into the sports betting industry, which has just taken a complete turn and become. Super popular over the last few years. And it's been great from companies like SportsGrid. I've done some work with Beast, and I'm currently at Wager Talk TV. I'm a sports betting host and analyst for them. And I found a new passion for a new angle in a way to analyze sports, which is through sports betting. So that is currently what I do um, right now. And it's been a fun journey with obviously a lot of things in between, but that's the short, short version of how I got to where I am now.
0: So at Chad Sports, you said you covered the Seahawks and the Steelers at the same time. And how did, was it the same time? Yeah,
1: it was. So it was actually a company um, where it's all, and they still do great stuff. It's um, a YouTube based company and they have on-air hosts that cover different sports and, or I'm sorry, different teams, mostly NFL. And most of the on-air talent uh, probably covers two teams at least. Okay. And so I had the Seahawks and the Steelers, typically one NFC team, one AFC team. And it was the first time that I really got on-air experience outside of the saints. Mm-hmm. Cause at the time that was when my dad was coaching there. And I remember it was very big and important for me because I needed to get reps outside of, you know, just talking about his team. And, and it was really mm-hmm. fun. I got to spend a whole year, um, really just diving deep on the Seahawks and the Steelers and you know it was it was a great learning experience I'd say
0: okay and that makes sense that they had one NFC and one AFC cuz i was thinking what different teams cuz you know there are some companies like people cover just the NFC North or the AFC right North. so i but i i actually think that's pretty incredible because you really get to know two different teams two or, different organizations i imagine that that also really helps just in terms of having to cover two teams that way, you just learn so much.
1: You learn so much and you're reporting on a different level. So, you know, if you're looking and covering like the NFL as a whole, for example, just from a general, like you're not going to be talking about the players on the practice squad of a certain team. You're talking about those like top storylines. It's just, you Mm -hmm. can't go deeper. If you're talking more general and you have 32 teams to discuss. So it was really fun for me to get to break down like the, like the depth of, you know, the Steelers season and the depth of the Seahawks. Um, and just to kind of relate to that fan base, you really get to know um, how the fans are and how they're different and how you kind of want to tailor your videos based on that group of fans. And mm-hmm. And it was really a great time and a great way for me to learn more about those two teams. And it kind of helped, you know, with everything that I'm doing now, which is in sports betting.
0: That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about... Your dad, just in terms of, and and then I want to get more to the sports betting because I think it's it's fascinating and it's a world that has obviously grown so much. And having an expertise in that is amazing. And it's not my expertise, so I want to talk <laughs> to you more about it. But uh, in talking about your dad, and you said obviously you wanted to get reps out of outside of covering the Saints as a reporter and a host. How do does his or how do his experiences? kind of affect how you tell a story just in terms of you see firsthand the human side. And it's something that I think fans forget a lot sometimes uh, because it seems so far away. But you see firsthand the human side and how the criticism and all of that becomes, you know, it can feel personal. It can feel tough. So how has that kind of affected the way that you report?
1: Well, the human side is the most important side to me. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the reasons I was nervous or afraid to get into the industry, you know, early on, was because I never wanted to be a gotcha reporter. You read a lot of, you know, headlines and stories growing up in this industry, and they're not always going to be positive. In fact, the stories that sell are the ones that aren't typically positive, and they're negative. and And I never wanted that to be the reason or that I got into a career. And I definitely didn't want that to be my career. So I do think that I have a different perspective. And when I'm, you know, analyzing a game or talking about a player, there is always something in the back of my mind that this is a human. So of course, it is our job as reporters to break down news and to state facts and to read their stats. And it's not always going to be like joyful rainbows and butterflies, but just knowing at the end of the day that you're talking about humans, athletes, people mm-hmm. that have a family, people that have personal lives outside of the sport that they play. I'd say that that's been something that I, I, I won't change on, you know, there's a, no matter what a company wants for me, that's going to be kind of my one, like, you know, I won't negotiate on that.
0: When I first became a beat reporter and the 49ers are the only beat I've ever covered outside of college. So when I first became a beat reporter, a colleague of mine said something that I thought was so important and interesting, especially because now I've been doing this seven years and I think the industry has changed a lot in seven years. Social media has changed a lot in seven years, but he said something that has really stuck with me and the job of a beat reporter, it is to report on the team and when the team is doing well and when, and in terms, and I don't even just mean doing well in terms of wins and losses, I mean, doing well in terms of building a culture and building an organization and and, building, you know, and, and doing good things in the community and all that kind of stuff. That is your job is to report on that and be positive about that and all that. If things are are going badly, whether it's on the field or off the field, your job is to report on that, but it's not to make it personal. And I think that's where a lot of people unfortunately sometimes go to and they do it for clicks. And it's just, it's, it's not how I do things either. And I think at the end of the day, and, and I go on this little tangent, because I think for our listeners who are looking to get in the industry, at the end of the day, you do good work and you report on what's happening and you're fair, then people will want to work with you and will want to share with you. And you can tell so many better stories.
1: I completely agree, Tracy. Honesty is everything in this industry. And it kind of leads me to my point, which is how can you be successful in this industry is knowing that relationships are everything. And that means relationships with athletes, of course, but that's relationships with other, uh, you know, network producers, any company that you work with. You are never going to grow in this industry long term if you a person that talks negative about another company talks very negative or personally negative about other athletes. Uh, You might go viral on TikTok for a video, but that's not what's going to get long-term success. At least that's my belief. And that's something that I stand by. And it's so easy to fall into that category because you see it working out for other people. You see the clickbait stuff is the stuff that people watch, but soon enough, That'll kind of go away. And the people Mm -hmm. that I think, you know, last the longest in this industry, if you look at the most successful um, reporters are are the ones that are typically honest and typically have create a uh, community in a group that reads them that like their audience reads them and knows what
0: they're going to get. And you don't want the athletes and the organizations you cover to hate you. Yeah, because exactly. They're not always, always going to be thrilled with you. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Sometimes it means you're doing your job right because you're just doing your job. Oh. So they're not always going to be thrilled with you. But if they know that you're going to be fair and you're not, quote unquote, out to be gotcha, as you said earlier, to get them, you're just going to be able, as I said before, tell better stories and have better relationships with the people you cover. And uh, you said it relationships are everything. So with that in mind, kind of what tips do you have for building relationships in a very organic and authentic way?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, Laura Oakman, again, I go back to her, one of the things she taught me early on was you never want to be the person when you're building a relationship with is where they look at their phone they say you say you text them or you email them or whatever mm-hmm. and it's always you asking for something mm-hmm. because then when they see your name when they see you pop up they're going to go oh gosh what does Megan want again that's what they're going to naturally associate you with remember these people that you're trying to build relationships with they're also humans get to know the people that you're building relationships with be interested in what they do ask advice like the biggest way that you can build relationships i think is like humbling yourself and asking mm-hmm. People like, hey, how did you get to where you are? What can I do to become better? And really just staying in contact with everyone. You know, even if you know you're reaching out to an employer or a potential employer, and they say, look, we don't have any positions available right now. There's nothing wrong with continuing to check in and just asking, like, or just checking in and say, hey, I've been following uh, your stuff for the last month. You guys have been doing great on this or on that. I-, I really think maintaining the relationships and not always being a burden to make it, you know, like where they feel mm-hmm. like they always need something.
0: And that's, that's the key getting to know the people yeah. back to what we said early on the human side of everything. So let's talk about wager talk TV and becoming a betting host and analyst, because I'd love to just kind of know how that came about and what there's like three questions in one here. So if you need me to repeat them, let me know. <laughs> but how that came about, kind of what was the learning curve? What surprised you the most? And then what are you enjoying about it? Yeah. Well, it came about,
1: um, with an opportunity from a company called Sportsgrid. That was the first time that I worked with a sports betting company. We would on chat sports, the job previously, we would talk every now and then about the spreads and give out like what the odds were for a game. But Sportsgrid was the first company that I worked with. That was a sports betting company. That was their outlook. And, um, My agent at the time brought me that position. And I remember early on thinking like, man, this is a different language. I don't know if I know (laughs) this. And growing up in the NFL, it, it kind of was not something like, you know, there was a little bit of like, eh, like, I don't know how we feel about sports betting. It's been a little bit of a gray area topic. And now it's getting huge and growing so much that people are really diving full force into it. But sports grid really took me under their wing and they really taught me a lot about it. And I had questions and, you know, you have to be okay asking the quote unquote, stupid questions at the time. I didn't know what a parlay was, I didn't know what a teaser was. And I remember actually prior to Sports Grid, it reminds me of, um, there was we did this kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a pilot podcast where I was going to be a host and we had a former athlete and we also had a sports betting analyst come on. And it was going to be this um, show where we break down a game in live. Nothing came from it, but it taught me then just some of the different lingos and what sports betting was all about. I ended up loving my time at sports Grid. Just from what I've noticed with sports betting, all it really is, is a deeper way to break apart a game. It's just analyzing... A sport with numbers and with trends and with stats and ways to back it up. I love it because I think it gets fans so much more involved and it means you can look at a game that might not be as interesting. You know, you don't have to have a Cowboys Giants game on to be interested in it. You can see these teams that, you know, might not be making it to the playoffs, but if you have like five bucks on it, it gets people's attention and it gets people excited. So uh, from Sports Grid, I ended up getting a position at Wager Talk TV where I host um, weekly shows for them. We do a show called The Last Call, which is where we have a group of handicappers come on and get their last bets in before the slate of games. Uh, right now, I'm hosting an NBA tip-off show as football is not a thing right now, but it's been really fun um, to learn the minds of these experts that really just know it well. They have all of their models and their, their ways that they get to a conclusion in the sports books, and it really seems to be growing huge, and I've really loved looking at, you know, sports from the angle of a sports betting perspective.
0: That's awesome. I love that. That's fantastic. So, switching gears a little bit. Uh you obviously spent time with Galvis galvanized. You've learned from Laura who's absolutely incredible. <laughs> but, you know, as a result, you obviously see a lot of young women getting into the industry and, you know, getting their foot in the door and starting off early. Is there a misstep that you're seeing people make that you would love to help them not make?
1: I think there's a couple things. One we touched on, which is you know, short-term success doesn't always equal long-term success. In fact, I think most of the time it doesn't. So there's times where you see people saying stuff that might get them that extra click or, you know, doing stuff that might get them that extra click, but it's kind of creating a reputation. It's kind of creating a brand for them, even if they are still just starting out. So that's where we go back to, Hey, as your job as an analyst or reporter, whatever it may be in this position is you are stating facts and you are going to be having an opinion to some degree in a lot of cases, but be fair, be honest, be transparent and, and kind of, you know, how you make your videos and what you're going to be posting online, like that's going to follow you. And then the other thing that I would say is, especially for women in this industry, um, you know, it's easy to compare yourself to others and competition is very big and it's easy to look and say, oh, well, there's only these jobs. There's only this. And now this person has that. And you, and you start comparing yourself and this is what Galvanize does such a great job, but is, Hey, there's enough jobs for everyone out there. And right now the biggest competition you can have is with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's cheesy to say, but it really is not going to further your career by competing with another woman. Instead, why are we not just trying to empower each other and really just compete with yourself? That's all you can do is, you know, work hard. I think work ethic is everything in this industry.
0: Is there a criticism you received early in your broadcasting career that was either, I ask it in this way, either something that was maybe unfair or hurtful and taught you who to listen to and who not to, or might have been a little bit difficult, but was constructive and has made you a better host and analyst.
1: Well, I receive criticism every week, which is Thursday, 1030 a.m. Pacific by (laughs) Jill Montgomery, my talent coach, who uh, has really helped me dramatically in my career. And I think in order to become great is you have to constantly be checking yourself. You have to constantly be open to criticism. So I've received a lot of criticism in the years, uh, and I'm still receiving a lot of criticism. But one thing in particular is uh, prepping and how to prep. You know, I look back at some of my old videos and I watch them and I'm like, wow, man, did I not prep well for this? And it's prepping correctly. It's not only doing your homework and what you're talking about, being smart about it. So there would be videos where, you know, I think that like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. We're going to be talking about, for example, right now, it's very relevant. We're talking about Lamar Jackson. We know that he requested a trade. Cool. I know what I'm talking about. We'll go on there. But not having real like concrete details. You want to go onto a show or whatever you're doing and and give an angle that no one else is giving. And that's to me been um, one of the biggest critiques that I received early on that I've tried to, um, bring to every show that I do is have a certain level of detail that separates you from others. And that's doing your homework. That's prepping accurately. And that's, uh, and it's constantly checking yourself. I think in this industry, in any industry, you've got to constantly be looking at ways to get better.
0: And have, I think having a talent coach, it's, it's amazing.
1: I think yeah. It's Jill, Jill's been fantastic. And, and you know, there's, there's been some rough sessions, but that is, that's what it's about. And, um, and you invest in the right people and you find a right team, and you really you put in the work. I really can't stress that enough. I think so many people think, well, I don't have what it takes or I don't have the talent for this. And I don't know if I'm good on camera. I don't know. To me, talent is created by work ethic. And so if you come up with a routine, you come up with a schedule and you really give everything you have, to what you want to do, like chances are, you're probably going to become successful because you're putting in that passion and that drive and that work ethic.
0: I think talent is created by work ethic is I just wrote that down because I just think that's so true. And, and we see it, you know, we see it in the athletes we cover. I mean, some, yeah. even the athletes that come in who are more talented than everybody else, still their work ethic is also better than everybody else. And that, and I, and then we and then we see a lot of players, you see a lot of undrafted players come in and end up with tremendous careers because they put in the work. And maybe they weren't born with the same amount of talent, but obviously they're super talented, put in a tremendous amount of work. And next thing you know, they're going to a Pro Bowl or making a signing a major deal. And that is work.
1: Yeah, I come. I I really. It's something that is really important to me. I never was like a top in the class student. Never had the best grades. Struggled in school. Struggled. Um, you know, I felt like memorizing numbers. That's still uh, something that's harder for me, and. So I work extra hard at it because I know that like, Hey, it might take me longer to memorize someone's stat than maybe someone else, but that's not going to be an excuse. There's a million reasons and excuses you can find with any career you're pursuing. And it's really ultimately up to you if whether you're going to let those excuses become a reality, or if you're going to find ways to push through those.
0: How have you seen opportunities change and grow for women in our industry? And where do you think we can still improve?
1: I'd say with digital, social media, the way that media is shifting as a whole, it's completely changed the opportunities for women. Um, And it kind of felt like it's happened in the last few years. I remember when I was coming out of college, a lot of advice was, you know, if you want to get into sports journalism, you've got to start at a local market and you've got to work your way up. And now that's been fantastic for a lot of people, and it's been kind of the one and true way to make a successful career in journalism up until the age of digital media, I'd say we, we really have endless opportunities. But with that means that you've got to find the right spot because everyone can, you know, create a podcast or create a show on YouTube. There's a lot of different companies with different outlooks and you've got to find what you align with. And so I feel like there's a lot more opportunities now with digital shows. There's a lot more opportunities now with sports betting and you've got to find places and passions that match yours. Not every company is going to be perfect. In fact, all companies aren't going to be perfect, but you really, you really have more options. I'd say now with the digital space, it's pretty cool to see and how we can improve. You said, I think how we can improve is, um, you know, they're still filtering through, you know, I guess filtering through the companies that are just calling themselves a company. You've got to find places. And I think companies can do a better job at, um, you know, putting importance and focus into the production behind it and the producers and and that's one thing that i've noticed is sometimes we te- we see a little lack of that now that there's so much work from home so it's really just probably filtering through the companies that are probably going to make it and last
0: i have a a denver question for you yes i, I have a t- i'm going to go with a two part question um, right. one And this is like not necessarily about career. I just think this would be fun. Uh, One, what would you say in New Orleans is a hidden gem that people would need to check out? And then my second part is, what are you most looking forward to in Denver? I did not prepare you for these at all. No, I, hey, I,
1: trust me, I've spent so much, I love New Orleans, um, lots of hidden gems, but my favorite one is the breakfast spot called Toast, Uh, they have a location uptown, and I believe, um, in the, in the French Quarter as well, it is by far the best breakfast I've ever had, if you go get the crepes, they also have these, like, amazing donut hole things, it's fantastic, it was, like, a staple every time we'd come in town for games, we would make sure, we'd literally plan our trips around, like, hey, we want to make sure that, we're there for the breakfast before, so if it's an early game, let's come in and let's do a Saturday breakfast at Toast. It's fantastic. The people there are amazing. Uh, get on the Yelp waitlist, though, because sometimes you have to wait a bit if it's a Saturday. And then what am I looking most forward to for Denver? I'm just so excited to learn the city, be around new people. I have only been to Denver the one time with the, for my dad's press conference, we were there for like less than 24 hours. So my fiance has already been like, he's a, we, me and him are like big foodies. So he's okay. already been Googling like all the different hidden gems in Denver. So we're going to have to test it out. If anyone's got good Denver restaurant recommendations, I would be glad to hear them because it's going to be a fun new adventure. And I'm very excited um, to be rooting for the Broncos I already got some cool Denver gear.
0: It's a great, it's a great city. Uh, My, one of my best friends actually from high school lives there and uh, it is just such a fun city. And we were there, the Niners played the Broncos on a Sunday night football game week three this past season. So got to spend a weekend in Denver. And then before Mexico city, the Niners were in Colorado Springs for a week practicing. So I flew into Denver. So got to spend a little extra time in Denver there. It's a great city. You're going to absolutely love
1: it. I keep hearing that. I'm so excited. It's, it seems fun.
0: So we're coming to a couple of my favorite parts of every Get My Job. And the first is day in the life. And I always let our guests choose like what kind of day you want to pick. But I would love, because you talked a lot about preparation and detail. So perhaps if you're open to it, a, a day where you're getting ready for a show, because I would just love to hear kind of what your prep looks like.
1: Absolutely. So every day is a little bit different. That's kind of the fun part about this industry. It doesn't all look the exact same, but uh, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do, I think mornings are really important. In the moment in which I've started making mornings a big part of my routine, I feel like I've been a little bit more successful with my day. So I wake up, I go down, make breakfast, make a coffee. I always make the same coffee, the same omelet. And I put my AirPods in and I immediately turn on um, a different sports show or sports podcast. I try to switch it up. So I'm getting different news, but it's essentially the way to kind of kick my brain off and hear what's happening. um, Highlights from the night before I'll do that. And then um, you know, if I, if it's early enough, if I'm doing a later show, typically I have time to like go squeeze a workout. in. I, I like working out in the morning because again, it makes me feel kind of ready to go for the day, come back home. And, um, I go up to my office and I'll immediately start prepping. So for example, you know, if, if my show is going to be NBA focused, I'll probably, you know, gear it towards that. And it'll be turn on, NBA news in the background and immediately just start taking notes of, hey, what are the key things? What are the key moments that are happening? If, you know, we're going to be, if I know which games we're going to be discussing in particular, then I will start reaching out to different people and hear what their thoughts are. And then I'll start just writing my own notes of like what the storylines are for the games and what the spreads are, how the lines moved, all the betting facts with it. One key thing to my prep that's really changed, I feel like, is I now write my notes on a note card, and I'm very particular and color coded with the notes. And it sounds very old school, but uh, Jill Montgomery, my talent coach, she really taught me this. That you know, you just learn better when you write things down and you keep it color coded. So that, that really has helped me. And then, you know, we'll do the show, the show will wrap. I'll try to look ahead to the next day, do a little bit of prep. And then, you know, the fun thing about sports is there's always sports on. So when the day ends, you're probably turning on your TV and you're watching the games that you're going to talk about the following day. Um, and then uh, of course you've got to find time in there to, uh, you know, hang out with your family or your friends and do things. But really, it's, it's creating your own schedule. Even if you're not in a typical office environment, you want to make sure that you're, you're really putting in the hours and the work into prepping.
0: Awesome. I love that. Absolutely love that. All right. We're coming to five fun facts and our listeners know, you actually probably know this too, but our listeners know that we, this began as a series I do with 49ers players and it's them on video, giving us an opportunity, giving them an opportunity to share things about themselves that people would not otherwise know, but we've turned it into a series on the fangirl Instagram and we've turned it to a series on this podcast where every week we ask our guests the same five questions. And it's been great because Honestly, it's so funny. It's the same five questions, but we get so many different answers. So I always look forward to it. So if you are ready.
1: I'm ready ready to go, Tracy. Let's do it. I'm excited.
0: Let's do it. All right. Five fun facts with Megan Payton. Megan. What is your favorite moment in sports?
1: Well, I'm biased, but I have to say it was the Saints winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) It was. I had to say that. I mean, I was thinking about the different options, but this, of course, was the most impactful to my life and my family. I wish I was old enough to really have appreciated the moment. I was 12 at the time, so hopefully Mm -hmm. we can get one with the Denver Broncos, and maybe that can be tied for my favorite moment in sports. (laughs) I'll have you back. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, What is your life motto? Life motto is working hard. Work ethic creates talent, and having grit is everything in this industry.
0: Your go-to workout?
1: Go-to workouts? Pilates. It's been uh, kind of a newfound passion of mine. I was kind of anti it for a bit, but
0: now now I'm all in me too. I'm obsessed with it. I think it <laughs> is the best workout. Exactly. It really is. Do you do you reformer or Matt or both? I'm reformer. So,
1: I, you know, I don't go, I don't go too crazy and I kind of do like, you know, the more beginner classes, but I, I found it to be the, like the best and the quickest results, but also like the most like relaxing too.
0: Yeah. You feel, you feel good. After. You feel good. Yeah. What is your go-to coffee order?
1: Oh, okay. So I have two. I saw this and I, and I didn't know which one to give. So I'm just going to give you both. Grande Americano from Starbucks with a little bit of oat milk and then maybe a Splenda or just a classic oat milk latte. I'm on, I'm on a big uh, alternative milk
0: kick right now. That sounds absolutely delicious. And I'm a big oat milk fan actually. Uh, and last but not least, a book every woman should read. Well, it makes
1: sense because it goes off my life motto. It's Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth
0: amazing, Megan. Thank you so much. This was such a great episode. I personally learned a lot and I have so many notes if you can see on on your questionnaire sheet, like I have so many notes <laughs> written down here. This has just been amazing. So thank you so much.
1: I'm so excited we got to do this, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me on. and now uh, I gotta get you on Peyton's place so I can start picking your brain.
0: I would absolutely love that. Uh, please let everyone know where they can find you uh, online.
1: Yes, on Twitter, I'm at MeganPayton7, Instagram, MeganPayton, uh, YouTube, we've got Peyton's Play. Hopefully, we'll be bringing back that podcast shortly. And then Wager Talk TV, uh, you can find them on YouTube. I'll host many different shows there.
0: Fantastic. You can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. You can follow me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. Please make sure to leave us a five star rating and review. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, everybody.